Welcome to C's for Creepy. My name is Elise. And my name's Courtney. Join us every week as we discuss our favorite true crime and paranormal stories. From A to Z. Hey guys, welcome to our second episode of Nocturnal Novellas. We're so excited to do these. They are so much fun and we appreciate everyone listening. Thank you again so much. For those of you who don't know, the Nocturnal Novellas is our chance to tell fun little spooky stories. Short, sweet, A little bit of funny. Yeah, just just fun little stories that we come across. To break up the sadness. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So... Am I going to go first or are you? Uh, if you want to go first, go ahead. Okay. So we have a cute little urban legend called Red Paper. Ooh. Have you ever heard of it? No. So I get her. The urban legend, Red Paper. The Japanese children scare each other by repeating the tale of what happened to two schoolboys many years ago. One day, one of the boys went to the bathroom, only to find that there was no toilet paper in the stall. As he cursed to himself, he heard a small voice asking him whether he wanted red or blue paper. He answered red, and all of the blood started seeping out of his body so that he died within minutes. What would have happened if he picked blue? I'm sorry. It gets better. Yes. The story spread around the school, and some months later, this boy's friend found himself in the same toilet stall in the same predicament. With no paper. Uh-oh. He hears the same small voice ask him what paper he would like. Knowing this story, remembering what happened to his friend, he chose the blue paper. Gradually, his throat began to tighten, and soon he was struggling to breathe. Classmates found him dead, blue in the face from suffocation. Okay, okay, I get that it's an urban legend, but they were just presumably using the bathroom. So their pants are down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Always check for toilet paper, friends. Yes, always. And if somebody asks you what color of toilet paper, just ask for white. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And I got that from Urban Legends by James Pratt. That is awesome. (laughs) It's wonderful. And it made me giggle. So I had to share it with the world. Okay. So this month for April's, Nocturnal novellas. I decided to go with an Easter theme. Even though Easter has passed, I said fuck it, and that's what we're doing. It's still Easter. Okay. Still Easter. Okay. So, first up is My Strange Laws. Did you know that in Kentucky, it's against the law to sell dyed chicks unless they are in groups of six? (laughs) Why? So, I found most of the information from strangelawskentucky.wordpress.com. First passed in 1972, the exact law under Kentucky Revised Statute 436.600 states, quote, No person shall sell, exchange, offer to sell or exchange, display, or possess living baby chicks, ducklings, or other fowl or rabbits that have been dyed or colored under two months of age and in any quantity less than six so they just need friends apparently this practice is so common around easter time that instead of eggs 
people were dying baby fowl and bunnies instead. <laughs> so they could get around the six? Well, not necessarily around the six, but like they were just all, like they were just coloring them, right? Oh my. So like if people would take one green chick home and be like, here you go, child, it's just Easter. <laughs> and then the color would fade and the kids would be like, okay, well, I don't want this stupid chicken. And those little birdies would end up like discarded. No. Yeah. So it's commonly done by injecting the eggs with different colors of dye or spraying the babies with the color. It's problematic for a few reasons, including the stress these animals are put through, and also once the dye has worn off, many of these babies are abandoned. Luckily, it was seen as a problem, so the law has remained in effect under the Offenses Against Morality since 1966 and updated since 1972. If you are caught, you could be fined between $100 and $500. Hmm. So the reason for the specific quantity amount seems to be in place for licensed hatcheries who sell these chicks for commercial purposes. So I am happy to say that these laws of banning the sale and trade of dyed chicks seem to have been spread around quite a few states. I don't know about you, but like, that was never a thing in my family. I had never even heard of it until I was googling strange Easter laws. Apparently, that was quite the trend in the States, as having dyed baby chicks. And, like, I've got a picture. You could totally see it on our Instagram. But, like, it's a whole bunch of chicks, like, every color of the rainbow. Like, pink, green, blue. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a full thing. Okay. Yeah. But only for commercial purposes. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So. My second one comes with a bit of a warning. Uh, I'm doing a story called The Midnight Game. So while I was writing this out, I got absolute chills and had to go outside because I just, I couldn't sit in the room anymore. Oh, it's so creepy. It was. It was just this weird place. So I'm going to share it all with you. Yay. (laughs) It is said that the midnight game is an ancient ritual that was once used to punish those who dared disobey or challenge the gods. Mm. Whether this is true or not, the game's opponent, the midnight man, can be found throughout history across the globe. Okay, first of all, the midnight man? Yeah. That's horrifying. Mm-hmm. Continue. Oh, I already have like goosebumps. Oh. The midnight game has no prize for winning. The goal is to simply survive the night without being caught by the Midnight Man. Oh, no. Exactly what happens to players who fall afoul to the Midnight Man varies depending on who you ask. According to some sources, he induces hallucinations of your greatest fear, while others say he actually unleashes that fear onto you in its grossest physical form. Oh. Some describe grievous bodily harm, injury, and damage of the sort... From which you will unlikely recover. Oh, no. I so, mean, like, you recover. Like, no, you're unlikely to recover. You are unlikely to recover. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So this is a giant warning. Whether you believe in spirits, whether you don't, do not play this game. Unless you wish to tempt fate. And we take no personal responsibility what you choose to do with these instructions. Yeah, this is just for... um 
fun educational purposes yeah not educational to try out but just because courtney read them and wants to share them please don't do this at home (laughs) we take no responsibility so let's start with how to play yay step one select a building or other interior location for your playing field this playing field must have multiple rooms as well as at least one wooden door inside of it many choose their home but that oh. may not be the wisest idea. No, no, no. Why on earth would you do that in your own home? <laughs> we'll get there. Oh, no. <laughs> I also find it very interesting that it has to be a wooden door. Like, I don't, like, I, it's just a comment. You don't, like, I just find it interesting. I do, too. Okay. But then I realized that, like, most of our doors aren't actually made out of wood. Yeah. So <laughs> it would actually be kind of hard to find a wooden door in my home. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, not even the entry doors are made out of wood. No. They look like it, but they're not. Mm-mm. So, step two. Gather your supplies. You will need a candle, a lighter, a piece of paper, a writing utensil, a sterilized pin, and a hefty supply of salt and a watch or clock. Hmm. Step three. Shortly before midnight, write your full name on the piece of paper. Prick your finger with the pin... Was oh that you? God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so like, you're involving some blood magic in here? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, prick your finger with the pin until you draw blood and allow the blood to drip onto the paper oh. with your name on it. Oh, no. Step four. Turn off every light in your playing field. When you've ensured that all the lights have been extinguished, take the paper with your name and blood on it to the wooden door. Oh, I have goosebumps. Close the door, place a piece of paper in front of it, place the candle on top of the paper, and light the candle. Step five, knock on the door 22 times. 22 times? 22 times. Okay. Making sure the final knock occurs precisely at midnight. Oh, oh, there's no way I could do that. I (laughs) got horrible timing. (laughs) After the 22nd knock, open the door, blow out the candle, Then close the door again and relight the candle immediately. Okay. Step five. Oh, sorry. We were just on step five. So there is no turning back now. You have invited the Midnight Man into your playing field. Oh, I've got goosebumps. Step six. Pick up your candle and make sure you've got your salt and lighter handy. Now the game truly begins. Oh, no. Step seven. Step seven. Begin to move around the playing field. Be careful not to let the candle go out. Do not stay in one place for too long. If you do, the Midnight Man will find you. If you feel a sudden drop in temperature, hear soft whispers drifting out of the darkness, notice a human-shaped figure lurking in the corner of your vision, or if your candle goes out, the Midnight Man is near. If any of the first three events happen, leave the area immediately. Hide if you can, but do not leave the playing field. Oh my god. What happens if you leave the playing field? We'll get there. Oh my god. If the fourth event happens, relight the candle immediately. Must be within 10 seconds. And if you fail to do so, create a circle of salt around yourself as quickly as possible and remain inside until 3.33 a.m. Okay. Step eight. Continue to move around your playing field or remain in your salt circle until 3.33 a.m. Avoid the midnight man at all costs. Step 9. 
If you make it to 3.33 a.m., congratulations, you've survived the midnight game. You may turn lights on, step outside the circle, and stop moving. The midnight man has departed. The game is over. That is three hours and 33 minutes of pure horror. Do you want some additional information? I would love some. So multiple players can participate. Oh, God. All players will need their own supplies. In step five, all players should knock simultaneously and blow out and relight their own candles. Okay. Do not begin the game unless you intend to finish it. There is no way to end it early. Do not engage in any of the following while in the game. Do not turn on any lights. No flashlights either, right? Do not use a flashlight or go to sleep. Okay. Do not leave the playing field. Use anyone else's blood for your summoning. Oh. Do not cheat. And do not provoke the Midnight Man in any way. Taking these actions will draw the Midnight Man to you immediately and result in an automatic failure. <laughs> do not assume you are automatically safe at 3.33 a.m. But you After said... <laughs> I know. After the conclusion of the game, the Midnight Man will be gone for now. But you did invite him in. He may choose to return. Oh my god, Courtney, I have to go <laughs> home alone tonight. I have to sleep alone tonight. Oh my god. That is so freaky. <sighs> yeah. Like no, I said, we are not liable for anybody playing this game. No. No, we are not. <laughs> but I can tell you when I was writing it out, I just had this horrible sense of someone being there. And I was just like, you know what? If I have to do it, everyone else has to do it. You left the playing field. I didn't play it. I would absolutely <laughs> not fucking play that game. Oh, good. Oh. I have one rule in life, and it's don't tempt fate. Yep. Yep. So oh. I got that from Dangerous Games to Play in the Dark by Lucia Peters. That was super cool. But, oh, super spooky. There's going to be lots more of these because they are wonderful. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> So, I'm going to switch gears, like, entirely. Um, my next story is from an NBC article titled, Easter Bunny Gallantly Hops to the Rescue of Woman in Florida Brawl. <laughs> <laughs> it's always in Florida. It was published April 22nd, 2019. This <laughs> takes place in Orlando, Florida. A group of friends decided to go out for Sunday fun day, and given that it was Easter weekend, they decided to bring a bunny costume and take turns wearing it while they were out bar hopping. Ew. When it was Anthony McDonald's turn to wear the costume, the 20-year-old man saw a situation escalating outside of SAK Comedy Lounge on South Orange Avenue. A witness saw a man spit at a woman, which obviously caused the fight to break out. And for the bunny-clad man, he had to jump in to the woman's defense. Mm -hmm. Quote, so I got over there so I could break up the fight. And with me trying to break up the fight, he got on top of her and hit her. So I tried a different method, basically to break up the fight, which actually worked. <laughs> End quote. Solid. That's what McDonald told the NBC affiliate Welsh of Orlando. Luckily, the situation was broken up by a police officer who was patrolling nearby. Quote, the officer came up to me and said, 
If you do that again, I'll arrest you in the damn bunny suit, he said. (laughs) The altercation was filmed and went national, which is when the masked man identified himself and even created the Instagram profile Bad Bunny of 19. (laughs) While McDonald claims he he isn't a violent person, it was discovered that he has outstanding warrants in a few states. Oh, so... That is my next Easter. That was my second Easter story. That was cute. <laughs> okay. So, are you ready for some Hindu superstitions? Ooh, yes. Hanging a lemon with exactly eight hot chilies is believed to deter evil spirits, as well as Alkashimi. Alkshmi. The god of misfortune. Okay. Our second one is take a bath after attending a funeral. Decomposing bodies release several toxins and bacteria into the air, which may contaminate the mourners. Mm. Avoid cutting or trimming your hair on a Saturday. It is believed that doing so will anger the planet Saturn and bring you bad luck. Oh. Keep onions and knives under your bed to prevent bad dreams. This is commonly done under baby cribs so that children sleep peacefully. Okay. I should really try this. Um, I have an issue with knives under baby cribs, though. But, like, babies can't get under their cribs. Mm, they can try. They've got their little arms. They're sneaky. No. I think toddlers, maybe, but not babies. Not, like, baby babies, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Shaking your legs will drive away your wealth. Oh. Crow poop is lucky. Spotting crow peep... <laughs> Spotting crow poop means money is coming to you. Oh, how can you, like, unless you actually see the crow poop, hard to tell where it's coming from. I don't know, but I have a bunch of crows outside, and I always hear them pooping on the neighbor's car that parks right under the street lamp. And I I don't see any money coming my way. But, you know. Just stop shaking your leg. You're (laughs) driving your fortune away. Maybe. Maybe it's like this double-edged sword. That's what, You're just like uh, keeping an equilibrium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that must be it. But those are my Hindu spirits from The Book of Superstition by D.R. McElroy. Awesome. Okay, so my last story is not a, a death, but it does have to do with crime. I found this from a Forbes article. I'm going to talk about Norway's... Ooh. Kaskekrim tradition, which has been around for about a hundred years. Translated to Easter crime, it involves Norwegians indulging not only in chocolates and sweets, but also in crime novels and shows over Easter holiday. Oh, that's my kind of holiday. Right? (laughs) I would so partake in that. Mm Mm-hmm. So it all started in 1923 when a publisher took out a front-page newspaper advertisement promoting a new crime novel. The ad, like a regular news article, appeared on the front page of the Norwegian daily Aftenposten, entitled Bergen Train Looted in the Night. People mistook the advertisement of her train robbery book as a real story so the book sold extremely well when the truth came out ever since crime stories have been a part of easter 
It could also have to do with the amount of time given off to Norwegians at Easter, as they have three public holidays. Many people just take the whole week off to get away from city life. While vacationing either on a beach or in a cabin or on a ski chalet, you can almost guarantee those who partake in Pasca Krim will be enjoying a good crime novel. That is wonderful. I, that is my dream. Right? Yes. Sitting on a beach with a crime novel? Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. So those were my fun little stories. Yes. Thank you so much. You'll have to tune in next month for our next episode of Nocturnal Novellas. Yes. We're so excited. These make me so happy to do. They're such a great little intermission. And if you have any suggestions, email us at cforcreepy at gmail.com. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to C is for Creepy. We put out weekly episodes every Tuesday going through the creepy alphabet. Check out our website at acast.com slash C is for Creepy. Or on Facebook at C is for Creepy Podcast. Or on Instagram at C for Creepy Podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, please email us at cforcreepy at gmail.com. Artwork done by Alexis Daly. Check out her work at lexxa underscore artwork on Instagram. See you next week. Bye.